Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Tim O'Shea is a reporter, longtime reporter with the Buffalo News. And Tim's been on this program as a guest after the most, I guess, violent snowstorm Buffalo experienced recently. The city of Buffalo has been through a lot in the last year, year plus. From that mass murder at the grocery store to the massive snowstorms and people dying in the most recent storm and and now the uh, Damar Hamlin case. Tim, thanks very much uh, for joining us. How's the city holding up? Roy, the, the city now, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate it. And uh, last time we spoke and today, I really appreciate your your interest in your your interest in and your care for Buffalo. We all do. So, so first of all, thank you. The, the city, the community, I'm happy to say is very hopeful right now. And you can draw that line directly to the upward trajectory of Damar Hamlin. When, when he woke up, when he asked, did we win? Uh, when he, when he, he FaceTimed, of course, we didn't see this, but we heard about it when he FaceTimed in with his teammates, formed his hands into a heart and said, love you boys. Um, that is the type of message chiefly his teammates and, of course, his family needed to hear. But the rest of Buffalo, both the people who are here physically in Buffalo and just people who are connected to it, that's really what we all wanted to see. Um, so people are feeling relatively good right now because of that and hoping that it continues. Yeah, and you have a major piece coming out in the Buffalo News this weekend on this, do you not? I do. Uh, tomorrow morning... Uh, well, I'm happy, very happy to share this. It's a piece I've been working on all week. Uh, tomorrow morning, we'll be publishing a story that delves into the, the trajectory of this week and how it connects to the rest of the year. You know, as, as you noted in your introduction, uh, we have a, a blizzard that has a death count right now of 44 and hopefully no higher, um, but that's 44 too many. And yeah. That's the second major storm we've had this year. You know, of course, the mass shooting by a by a racist terrorist that targeted black people, um, and then so much more too. And so, th- this is a community that, and we all talk about it here in Buffalo, that has been through a lot. And, and to be real about it, you know, some people have been through obviously much, much more than others, um, but the entire community has navigated one tragedy to the next and one challenge to the next. And uh, although DeMar Hamlin's fight is, you know, it's his fight and his family's fight and his teammates' fight, uh, it's, it's, you know, by extension, it's ours, too. And the, the, the whole community is feeling that. But, of course, with that, there's, there's challenges that come. There's mental health challenges for some people. Watching what happened with DeMar Hamlin can, you know, straight up be triggering for some people. Yeah. Um, so I talked to a variety of mental health professionals, some, some Bills fans. Uh, a former NFL player, Ryan Clark, who's now a commentator on ESPN and was, was the person who so eloquently captured in the moments right after that injury what was going on. 
Um, I spent my week talking to those people, um, just trying to make sense of you know where we're at and what it'll take to move forward in the best way. What were they telling you? Again, understanding the relationship between the Buffalo Bills. The relationships between teams and communities are always strong. But I think the relationship between the Bills and Buffalo is particularly strong. The fans are called the Bills Mafia. They're known throughout the NFL as being generous fans, but also tremendously loyal to the team. What's it been like talking to the fans day after day? You know, when you look at the, I mean, just just a quick line on the history, when you look at how fans stuck with this team through four straight Super Bowl losses, a lot of thin years before that, you know, in the 80s up to the 90s, and then 17 um, losing seasons, or at least 17 playoff list seasons. Um, the one thing that never wavered was the Bills fans' loyalty. What you hear when you talk to people around Buffalo this week, uh, and you've heard it before, but it, but it really came out this week, is um, this is one of our guys. Um, and, it, and it's interesting, too, because very few people really knew um, who DeMar Hamlin was. I mean, if you're, if you're a... You know, an ardent Bills fan, you know that he stepped in for Micah Hyde, that he's a second-year safety. You know the basics. Um, but he's a young guy uh, who was a six-round draft pick. Um, he, you know, he hadn't hit that um, that level of fame yet where people just, you know, know him the way they know Josh Allen or Stephon Diggs. Um, but he's a Buffalo Bill, which meant that, you know, people consider that family. Uh, and you really do see it in certain cities. Green Bay is one. Um, Cleveland, Pittsburgh are some of them. Uh, I think Toronto, it's fair to say, uh, though much, much, much bigger. I've, I've sent this in Toronto, too, and maybe Hamilton with the Tiger Cats, but certainly Buffalo. Um, people really embrace the Sabres and especially the Bills. If you're a Buffalo Bill, it's like you're you know, people's brother or their son. Um, and, you know, I, I laugh as I say that because you wouldn't think it would be that way, but um, spend any amount of time in Buffalo, and you can see a lot of people really, truly do feel that close and connected to the team. Yeah. What about uh, one, one thing that struck me was what, I watched the game and I watched I watched everything for another three hours. I couldn't stop watching. But one thing that really struck me, Tim, was how silent that stadium became. And the fans, whether they were Bengals fans or Bills fans, they were football fans and they were keenly aware of and focused on DeMar. And they silently filed out. And I heard stories of Bengals fans hugging Bills fans and telling them things were going to be okay. Have you heard anything about that? I was like you. I, I was locked into that TV for three or four hours and just trying to figure out what's going on, but also, you know, should I be writing something? Is there, is there anything to share? And, and truthfully, there, there wasn't. Um, yeah, but I had that same mode that you did where I just like, couldn't go to bed. I couldn't put it down. Um, one thing I did do that night is connect at about three in the morning with a Bills fan who was in Cincinnati. Uh, she was there with seven of her friends, and she she told me um, her own personal version, Roy, of what you just described. The um, this, this particular group was sitting in the upper corner of the stadium, like the, basically the highest of the nosebleed seats. Uh, the stadium fell into this hushed silence. It stayed that way for about an hour. Um, everybody in the stadium, and in fact, I think the further, the truer, this was truer if you were further up, but really everybody in the stadium couldn't tell what was going on because there were no announcements being made, of course. Uh, they just knew the game, you know, there was an injury, it was serious, and the game was 
was halted. Um, so people were communicating with folks back home, uh, looking at Twitter, uh, looking at other social media, trying to figure out what's going on. And, and when they eventually did find that out, the things that clued them in were Stefan Diggs and the tears streaming down his face. There was a powerful image of that. Um, Josh Allen clasping both of his hands over his face, um, looking like he was holding back tears or at least holding in his expression. There was a powerful image of that. So th those are the things that clued people in. Um, one group, the same group, actually, as they were walking back to their car, um, said what you said. People were coming up to them and hugging them and consoling them. Um, also, even apologizing, which I thought was interesting and uh, you know, depending on the nature of the apology, not not necessarily needed because this was a clean hit. It wasn't a dirty hit. So nobody did anything wrong in this injury. But uh, but in any case, there were some Bagels fans who were actually saying, I'm sorry for this. Um, I, I have to tell you, there is a deep bond. It's, it's been there for a while, but this deep bond between Buffalo and Cincinnati fans, which is really, really interesting. It goes back to uh, 2017, I believe it was, when Andy Dalton through a through a pass that um, that won a game that through the way the NFL uh, the NFL playoff system works helped the Bills get into the playoffs and Bills fans uh, donated hundreds of thousands of dollars to his charity. Of course, we saw a similar thing happen you know this week with Hamlin's charity. Uh, but there's this deep bond between Bills and Bengals fans, uh, which has been a pretty cool thing to see and I think really meaningful for yeah. a lot of people. Uh, Tim, we have about a minute left. What's the feeling in, in Buffalo now about the NFL's decision to not replay the game and reset, if you will, what the playoff picture may look like, which could cost the Bills a home game, if I understand it correctly. It's confusing. I've been trying to understand what the NFL's decided for the last 24 hours, and when I get to the end, I've forgotten what I've just read. What's the response in Buffalo? Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm, I'm still decoding the details of that one, too, Roy. Uh, so there's, there's two parts to that. I think it, it, to generalize, and you know, admittedly, this is just generalizing the, the feeling. I think people are happy. I really haven't come across anyone who feels otherwise on this one. People are pleased that the, the Bengals game is just gonna gonna stay where it is and not be resumed, not be replayed. Um, they, I don't think there was much desire anywhere to to try to do that both on an emotional level and a practical level. The schedule doesn't offer time for it. That's the practical part. On the emotional side, I don't know what it's like to be a pro football player. Wish I did, but I don't. Um, however, if I project into their position, I don't know how the heck you get on the field and start that game up again. Uh, as far as the, the, you know, the, the playoff structure and it could cost the Bills a home game, people aren't talking too much about it quite yet. Um, they're talking a bit, but you don't see a surge of anger about that. I think it might be in part because people don't necessarily understand it yet. Also, we're not quite to the playoffs. I will guarantee you this, though: if there's if there's a if there's a Buffalo Bills playoff game that could have been at home at Highmark Stadium, and it gets moved to neutral territory, uh, you're going to hear a big outcry then. It's going to be a little too late, but you will hear it then. We'll all hear it then. Maybe by then you and I understand how it happens, too. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 